This week's case of the week is from a doctor who has requested a four-unit Bruxer bridge from a first bicuspid to a second molar, replacing the second bicuspid and the first molar. And the first comment here is, you've heard me say it a bunch of times, using a double arch bite tray like this for a four-unit bridge uh, is just going to make it really difficult for us to make a bridge that fits. Not a bridge that fits necessarily onto these preps, although that might be a little challenging in this case too. But when it comes to protrusive and lateral excursions, it's going to be really difficult for us to be able to uh, really get something that we feel is going to be accurate in the mouth. So it might fit on the teeth itself, but the chances of it working in the excursions, we could do a lot better job for you with a full arch impression. So that's, that's that with the impression itself. And now we'll take a look at the model itself and we'll kind of see what's going on here. And typically, you know, as dentists, we're able to see the buccal cusp pretty well and we can see what's going on here. And as I look and look at the reduction here, I can't really fit the perioprobe between the thickness of the perioprobe between the bicuspid and the tooth below it. I can on the molar, on the buccal, and that's fine, but I really can't here on the mesial aspect of the bicuspid. So that's going to be shorter than half a millimeter. And again, the doctor requested a Bruxer bridge, so we're going to need at least um, a half millimeter here, preferably six-tenths of a millimeter, and maybe even seven-tenths, well, preferably a millimeter, but minimally six-tenths of a millimeter. You'll remember the rule of 27 we've covered before, too, so I won't look at that necessarily on this case, but I will look from the lingual at what's going on on this molar. And that's where we really run into some space issues here when I try to fit the perioprobe in between that. And that's the one that as a dentist, when we're looking from the buckle is impossible to see. So when you look at that molar, you go, okay, that looks like enough room. And it is on the buckle, but it's not on the lingual. And it's really difficult to see that lingual because we can't rip the soft tissue off the patient's head and look at it from the other side of the arch as we can here in the laboratory. And that's why we're able to cheat a little bit is because of the fact that we're able to look at it from this kind of unique uh, view. So this is part of the reason why I found in my own hands I needed to go to something more like a prep by numbers technique using the reverse uh, preparation technique. And so the reverse preparation technique, even though I designed it to be a universal prep in the days before Bruxer for Emacs and PFMs and things like that, there's actually a couple burrs on here that end up being really nice even for Bruxer. And one of them is the six tenths of a millimeter depth cutter. I'll take this one out. We've got a six tenths of a millimeter depth cut. We've got a 1.5 millimeter depth cutter. And we've got a two millimeter depth cutter as well. And uh, all of these, we use the two millimeter, as you've probably seen me do before on the occlusal surface for bilayered restorations. Even for Emacs, I'll use that as well. And the 1.5 we do for the axial reduction on bilayered restorations in Emacs. But this 0.6 millimeter tip is the one that I used to use strictly for veneers. And you can see there's not much of a cutting tip there. I and mean, it's just that's six tenths of a millimeter. And really this has become repurposed in my kit. This is my new Bruxer depth cutter. Because if I put a 0.6 millimeter depth cut into the occlusal surface of a tooth, like a second molar that I want to do Bruxer on, and then I prep the occlusal surface till I can't see this hole anymore, I know that I've reduced at least at least 0.6 of a millimeter and I will have enough room for a Bruxer crown. So let's take a look at what this prep would look like on just a, an artificial tooth sitting in a stone model. So here is our 0.6 millimeter depth cutter. You can see there's not 
a ton to that, and that's how thin Bruxer can be made, but it does need to be made that thick. So I'm going to go ahead and place a 0.6 millimeter depth cut just on one of the cusp tips on this tooth, and then we'll take a look at what that looks like. So there it is. That's our 0.6 millimeter depth cut. You can see that the Perio probe barely goes in there at all, and as you look at it, it doesn't look like much. I'm going to go ahead and reduce on both sides of that until I can't see that depth cut anymore, just to kind of give you an idea of how little tooth structure we're talking about. So as I finish this off, I can no longer see the depth cut. And I went just a little more than that. You know, I, I went with the burr a few more times and hit it just a few more times, just trying to flatten it off. But that's going to probably add another tenth or two to that reduction. So it's probably going to take me to 0.7 or 0.8 millimeters. And we'll flip this and kind of look at how much reduction we've done. And it's really not a lot. It's about what we would do for cast gold. The only difference is with cast gold, we can actually take it down to three tenths of a millimeter and it'll still be okay, but the patient just might chew through it. Now let me put a more traditional two millimeter depth cut next to that. So that's a two millimeter depth cut. You can tell there's obviously a lot more to that burr than the 0.6. It looks uh, sizable in comparison, and it's over three times as long. And again, this two millimeter depth cut is what all manufacturers request for bilayered restorations, whether it's a PFM or a lava, that's porcelain fused to zirconia, or even an Emacs crown at times. It can do fine at 1.5, but two millimeters is not going to make it any worse. So I'll put a depth cut on the cusp tip next to that at two millimeters. And again, with these self-limiting depth cuts, I can't go any deeper than that, no matter how much I push on it. So as opposed to the 0.6 millimeter depth cut, this one looks a little more bottomless, if you will. And so let me go ahead and reduce that cuss tip down to two millimeters. Now you can see a little bit from the occlusal. It's a little hard to get the depth of field here on the camera angled like this. So let me see if I can turn it just a little bit, but okay. Well, that makes it pretty clear. We've got six tenths of a millimeter reduction on this cup's tip, and then down there is where the two millimeters is on that cusp tip for a bilayered restoration. So obviously Bruxer, the preparation itself, is gonna allow us to do a much more conservative preparation, which is gonna be really helpful on teeth with short clinical crowns like lower second molars. The point being, we need at least six tenths of a millimeter. So uh, while Bruxer can do a lot of amazing things for a tooth colored material, I really want to encourage you to get a depth cutter, whether it's from the reverse preparation kit or somewhere else. Um, uh, Axis Dental has those MADC burrs. And uh, if you're able to get that MADC006 burr, that's the six-tenth of a millimeter self-limiting depth cutter. Bruxel will work very well there. And do yourself a favor, make that depth cut, and then prep until you can't see the hole anymore. And then you know you've got seven-tenths, maybe eight-tenths of a millimeter of reduction. It's not much reduction, but it's enough for us to make you a Bruxel restoration that should last a long time.